Hi, you're listening to Flashcast by PDB. Today, I want to talk about the concept of creativity, and especially around children. Um, and there's an amazing, amazing TEDx talk by Dr. Ken Robinson that I encourage everyone to listen to. So a TEDx talk by Dr. Ken Robinson, amazing speaker, great storyteller, and he talks about creativity, especially in children. Uh, and it's something that I want to address because I've got a 13-year-old daughter, an 11-year-old boy, and I can tell you that one thing that my wife and I encourage is creativity. We encourage them to to analyze, so to gather data from different sources and analyze. We teach them to be respectful, so to respect their own opinions and their views, but respect the opinions and views of others. But the one thing that we really, really hone in on is uh, for them to be obviously um, analytical and constantly on a journey of learning. And um, part of learning is being creative. And what unfortunately we see, and I learned this from reading um, many articles when the kids were young, was about we're constantly told as children what not to do. Um, and we're programming subconsciously our children to be in fear um, that, you know, it's no good to be wrong, that it's no good um, to have a go because if you're wrong, there's a problem. Now, if we teach our kids that being wrong is a problem, then they're never going to be creative or as creative as they could be. Now, it doesn't mean that you go around being wrong and that means you're creative, but you need to have a go. Now, if you've got this constant fear of being wrong, then you're simply not going to have a go. And that's one point that I want to make straight off the bat. We need to make sure that our language, the way we, we talk to our children, the way we talk to our workers, the way we talk to our teammates, because this is not just about children, this is all about in the workplace. If we instill a fear of somebody being wrong, we won't get the best creative work out of somebody. And it doesn't matter if it's a child, doesn't matter if it's ourselves, and it doesn't matter if it's in a workplace with our peers. So we need to make sure that we are very aware and conscious about this, you know, words that we use in the language and the way we communicate when we're saying to people, um, and making sure that we're not encouraging them to be wrong. Um, we're saying that it's bad to be wrong. My apologies. We need to make sure that people understand that being wrong is okay. Nobody sets out. There needs to be an environment of trust that somebody is not going purposely about to be wrong, that they are having a go. If we don't let people have a go, then we don't push the boundaries and create magic. When I started Debella Coffee, I had a go. It wasn't about selling coffee. It was about turning a coffee industry, a product industry into a service industry. I had a go. I didn't know whether it would work. I don't know whether I'd be wrong, but I was going to give it the best ability I could, which was all about everyone else is selling a bag of beans. I'm going to build a company that is not just about a bag of beans. It's going to be about service. It's going to be about helping um, cafe owners make money. I built the company from the outside in. That was my vision. But more importantly, I had a go. I wasn't scared of being wrong. Recently, 2021, March, we opened the Coffee Commune. Same thing. I have a vision of bringing, building an ecosystem, building a company where people come together to collaborate. So we built the Coffee Commune, a facility, an ecosystem where the coffee community comes to collaborate. Didn't know whether it would work. Now, six months in plus, I can tell you it does work and we've been able to execute it. But I wasn't scared of being wrong. Didn't mean I had, didn't have a backup plan, that I didn't have a worst case scenario, but I didn't go about being scared to be wrong. And I can't make that point enough that we can't, we've, especially with children, that we've got to watch the language that we use so that we encourage children to be the best versions of themselves to be creative, but to have a go. And a simple one that sticks out in my mind is constantly telling kids, don't climb the wall because you will fall. Um, don't, don't jump on the trampoline because you might fall off it. Versus whilst jumping, just be aware. 
whilst climbing that wall, be aware you may fall. You know, it's a simple change of language that subconsciously programs the mind so that they're not living in fear. They're not constantly being stifled because they think that there's a problem, which means that they will have a go. And of course, we want them to have a go um, measuring risk. Now, schools. I love teachers. I think teachers are great. They're just like medical staff. They're fantastic. And I believe that teachers come to school with the right intention. And again, I'm saying most, but just like in business, like anywhere, there's good people, there's bad people. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the majority. The majority of teachers come to school with the right intention to make sure that they're leaving a legacy by instilling values, by instilling knowledge into our children. I firmly believe that, right? Now, the system, unfortunately, is more concerned with conformity than it is with creativity. That's why we have to choose our, our, our schools carefully and hopefully that the trust we put in the school, that they choose their teachers carefully because we want to be sending our children to schools that believe in the balance of conformity and creativity. If we're sending our kids to strict schools where it's just about conformity, then we're not breeding children that are going to be creative. And we need both. Yes, we need children to be conforming, but we also need children that are prepared to have a go, that are going to be creative, that are going to go out there and make magic happen. Because it's important to learn literacy, it's important to read, it's important to know maths, it's important for service. But where are the creative subjects? Where are the things that spark the creative side of the brain? Your arts, your music, your speech and drama. These are the subjects that I did at school. And I can thankfully say that being encouraged at home by my parents um, to do that sort of subjects, to do those sort of things that, that operated the creative brain, to be around an environment that I wasn't constantly told no, don't have a go or live in fear is, is what's helped me be able to go on to, to be, you know, to have an entrepreneurial intelligent mindset. Um, so I really, really want to focus in on that. You know, there's many studies out there that have shown that a lot of teachers really want to teach a lot more around creative, but the schools or the or the system that they work within doesn't encourage it. And that's quite scary. And I'm not here to debate that. But there are amazing teachers out there that, like I said, they come with the intention to be creative. Um, however, the system doesn't allow them to be so. And we need to really support these teachers that want to stand up for creativity because that's where the magic happens. Um, and it's so important. So what's some great ways to, for us to create um, creativity uh, with our children, um, even in our work environments, is to make sure that we're creating a compassionate and accepting environment, an environment where we encourage someone to have a go, not a fearful environment of being in trouble if something goes wrong, right? Making sure that we're present when a student, you know, or our children or a worker brings an idea to the table. I make sure I do that. My 11-year-old boy is constantly talking ideas and I make sure that I'm present. I'm not distracted on my phone. I, I, I turn the music down if we're in the car. I turn it off and I listen to his ideas and we have a great discussion. You know, at the moment, it's the good doctor. He loves the good doctor. He's watching it. He's, he's, he's He tells me every day about the different um um, episode he's watched and what the point was and what he got out of it. And I'm making sure that I'm present. I'm asking him how, what would he do different? What does he find creative about it? I'm teaching him to be analytical. You know, it's fantastic. Um, I'm encouraging him to think different. So not just follow the herd, encouraging him to think different. I'm getting him to look at when he's given an assignment to do. And same with my daughter, who's, you know, grade nine, when she's giving, given an assignment to do, sorry, grade eight, she's going into grade nine, to, she's given an assignment to look at it and say, right, 
um, what does this really mean? Is there a different way to look at it? How can we tackle this um, this assignment with a creative mindset? How can we look at it a little bit different? To me, entrepreneurship has always been an intelligence and it's an intelligence where people look at things and say, I can do this different or better and create my own resources. So if we truly want to breed in entrepreneurial intelligence, we need to breed creativity. You know, in entrepreneurial intelligent um, people, whether they're children, whether they're adults, have an amazing element of creativity and it starts with kids, right? The next one is to give people feedback. We need to give them open, honest, authentic feedback to encourage them to constantly be creative. Falling down is okay, keep getting back up. Thinking outside the square is okay. Not everything is going to work. Give it a go. But also setting, which is my last point, setting the boundaries to know when it's appropriate to be creative because there's sometimes there's not. Depends on the industry. I've got a great surgeon, um, mate, one of the best neurosurgeons in the country. Now, very hard for him to be creative when he's operating somebody, um, you know, at that point of time. Yeah, he researches different things and all the rest of it and goes about it and practices. But, hey, you don't want someone being creative when they've got somebody's head opened up on a table um, attacking things. So there's a time and a place to be creative. Um, we need to make sure that there is a, um, a boundary, a standard that people know when the right time and when they're not. Um, so these are ways to actually encourage and develop creativity within our children, but also within our teams, right? We want people to be creative thinkers. Now, when we say creative thinkers, what does that mean? You know, a great way to encourage creative thinking is to have brainstorming sessions, to have huddles, to, to role play scenarios, right? This is a great way to do it. You know, making sure that we stay open-minded and flexible, creating spaces, environments, beanbags, you know, thought rooms, um, all sorts of stuff. These are ways that you can develop creative thinking. It really has to be a conscious effort. Now, remember, and I'll finish on this point, creative thinkers, creative people change the world. iPhones, Netflix, Facebook wouldn't be around if it wasn't for creative thinkers. Till next time, go and be the best you can be. You've been listening to Phil DeBella, and this is Flashcast by PDB.